are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now let's talk about Jesus and the angels. Go back to Hebrews, the first chapter. Let's just begin reading with verse 1. God, who in sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth the first begotten into the world, he saith, Let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Now come on down to verse 13. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Well, we know that he didn't say that to angel. He said it to Jesus. So in the comparison here, you find that he is saying that angels have a lesser position, for sure, than Jesus. They have a lesser name. And then, as we read over here in the second chapter of Hebrews, which we've already discussed in some length, verse 7, that thou madest him a little lower than angels, crowned him with glory and honor. See, we talked about this being Psalms of the 8th chapter which the Hebrew word there is really Elohim instead of angel. The translation is missed in the translation. So if Jesus is greater than angels and has a greater ministry than angels, and then it says here that he was created the same order as man, then you can see the conflict there. If we don't study this in the Hebrew uh, further and find out that he's talking about a little lower than Elohim. Now, verse 14, one of the foundation scriptures here in Hebrews 1, he says, Are they not all, now he's speaking of the angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now, you remember we said that angels did not have the authority of men. Now, there are certain things that angels can do that men can't but they are not created on the same order. Angels cannot preach the gospel, but men can. Angels do not have the authority on the earth as man has. But yet, in some ways, they can do many things that men can't do. So they're here to minister for, notice the word for, for those who are heirs of salvation. In other words, do things for you that you can't do. Now, 
in the sense you could say it's much like a waitress when you go into a restaurant to order some food and you want a hamburger with onions and french fries or whatever. Now that waitress ministers for you. She does not cook the food. Most of the time she doesn't have a thing to do with cooking the food. But she ministers for you. She does things and gets it to your table. Now, in essence, this is sort of what the Scripture is saying here. These angels minister for you, for those who are heirs of salvation. Now, if you go to Galatians, the third chapter, verse 29, it says, If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So then that would be us, wouldn't it? If we be Christ, then we're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So these angels that are in the earth today, they're here to minister for us. But now, they're not going to carry out all their assignments and all the things that they could do in the earth unless we believe it, unless we act on it, unless we say some things, unless we do some things. You see, these things won't happen to us just because they're in the Bible. I mean, somebody might read that in the Bible and say, well, the angels are ministering for me because the Bible says they minister for those who are heirs of salvation. Well, that's true, they will, if you know what the Word says to do to get them involved in your situation in life. But it's just like any other promise of the Bible. Unless you act on it, unless you believe it, unless you actively get God's Word involved in speaking God's Word concerning that, you're not going to have the faith to believe it. You just simply won't enter into it. Just the same as the children of Israel did not enter into the promised land. Many of them never entered into the promised land, even though it was theirs, belonged to them. It was their possession. God gave it to them. But they wouldn't mix any faith with it, so they didn't enter into it. They weren't able to enter into the promised land. Now, go with me to Matthew, the 26th chapter. Here you find the story where they came to get Jesus and to carry him before the Sanhedrin. Let's start with verse 53, I believe. Well, let's back up a few verses and get the context of it. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus, stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus to him, Put up again thy sword into its place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? Now this is the verse I wanted us to get to, but I want you to see the setting of this. They came to take Jesus. Peter pulled out a sword, cut a fellow's ear off. Jesus said, put your sword up. You live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. But he said, I could pray one prayer, and I can get more than 12 legions of angels. Now, a legion, a Roman legion, was 6,000 men. So what Jesus was saying, he said, with one prayer, I can get more than 72,000 angels. Well, now somebody said, well, now, Brother Caps, I can understand that because, you see, that was Jesus, the Son of God. Well, who do you think you are if you've been born again? 
John said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. So we're sons of God now. We can enter into these provisions that God has made for us. The angels are here to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. Have you ever wondered why that the angels ministered to people in the Old Testament and the New Testament as well? In the book of Acts, you see that they had a prominent part in the ministry or helping the ministries, the people that were in the ministry. They put Peter in jail and the angel let him out. Boy, I mean to tell you, they had trouble <laughs> keeping those boys in jail because the angels let them out. Now, Abraham, even back there under the Old Covenant, Abraham knew some things about angels because he got angels involved in his situation when he sent his servant down there to get a wife for his son Isaac. He told the servant, said, Now, you go and told the place to go, and he said, Get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said, But peradventure, if I get down there, and the woman will not come with me, why, what am I going to do? Well, Abraham said, The God whom I serve will send his angel before you and will prosper your way. Now, how did he know he'd do that? See, he knew something about the ministry of angels. And as you read the story there, you find out that it happened just exactly like he said. The angel went before him and caused it all to come about. This guy prayed before he got there. And he said, now, I'm going to pray. And he prayed that this certain thing would happen when he asked for a drink that the lady, the right one, would say that I'll water the camels also. And that's exactly what happened. The angel influenced there and went before him and prepared the way and prospered his way, as Abraham said. Well, what do you suppose caused him to do that? See, we've kind of read that sometimes and thought, well, I wonder why they don't get involved in my affairs. <laughs> We'd all like to have them involved in situations. But then we go around saying, well, you watch and see, I'll get down there and nobody will listen to me. There wasn't anybody listening to me. It wouldn't work. You know, I'll fail, here's the world. Well, you just called your angel off the job. Certainly, if Abraham had said, well, go on down there and just do the best you can. I don't guess there's any help we can get from God. I don't guess an angel would help us. I guess it'd be wrong for us to try to get an angel down there to help you. No, he just simply said, the angel will go before you. Now, why do you suppose that angel went? He went because of Abraham's words, words of faith, faith-filled words. It's not just because it says this in the Bible that these things are going to happen to us. It happens when we're obedient to the Word of God and do what the Word says to do concerning these things. Now, angels are ministering spirits. They're here to minister for us. They have a very valid ministry. And they'll do certain things if we believe it and say what God says about us. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. Now, this is the last day for CD offer number 7225. It's called The World That Was. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. Now, you need to know that the world that was is not the world that now is. Now, I know that many of you are thinking... 
Well, now, he's just fallen into the hands of these people that believe the earth is millions of years old. Hey, the Bible proves the earth is millions of years old. When Adam showed up in the garden, Lucifer had already ruled over nations. He had already been cast out of heaven and came down to the earth. And in Genesis 1-2, we see the earth is covered with water. Now, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created dry land, but in Genesis 1-2, it is covered with water. Then Peter, in 2 Peter 3, tells us that. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment perdition of ungodly men. So when you do a really in-depth study, you will find out that God had created the earth to be inhabited. He didn't create it to be void. It became void. And there was a catastrophic event that happened that totally annihilated the social system of that day. But you'll notice that God had to even create fish of the sea in what we see in the six days of the creation of Genesis. This is the refashioning of the earth. And you will see that God has a plan for the earth. And after seven days or seven millenniums, it'll be restored to what happened before the fall. In other words, to a perfect condition. You need this. The world that was, offer number 7225 for a total of $19. Toll-free order line is 1-877-396-9400. one 396 Until Monday, this is Charles Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescapps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.